0: Well, good Sunday morning to you. I am Melissa Moore. It is Mile High Magazine. We sure appreciate you being here. Well, April is Autism Awareness Month, and this is something that is near and dear to my heart. And according to the CDC, approximately 1 in 44 children in the United States is diagnosed with an autism spectrum disorder. Now, that is according to the 2018 data. They think those numbers are going to be even higher when the next series comes out. So the work that the Autism Society of Colorado is doing is hugely important here, not just in our state, but for so many individuals. Leanne Paskvilich is the Executive Director at Autism Society of Colorado. Leanne, let's start with this. Tell me a little bit about what the Autism
1: Society of Colorado does. The Autism Society of Colorado is a 501c3 nonprofit here in the state of Colorado. We cover the entire state. Our programs at the Autism Society of Colorado are information and referral services, we have social and support groups. We have an autism 1-on-1 educational program. Mm-hmm as well as advocacy, and we do some work around policy for people with disabilities.
0: So very all-encompassing. And I know uh, a lot of people, they hear the term autism, we hear it all the time, but they don't really understand what it is. Can you explain autism?
1: Autism is a complex, lifelong developmental condition that typically appears in early childhood, and it can impact, impact a person's social skills, communication, relationships, and even self-regulation. The autism experience is really different for everyone and it's often referred to as a spectrum condition mm-hmm. and people can be at different ends of the spectrum because it really affects people differently and to varying degrees. They say if you've met one person with autism, you've met one person with autism. Right. Meaning right. again, it's It affects people to varying degrees.
0: Yeah, it does. And I know some of those degrees, some are verbal, some are nonverbal. What are some of the other differences on the spectrum that you see?
1: Sure. For people on the spectrum, oftentimes you might see repetitive behaviors or movements. Um, They have differences in processing sensory input. Um, People with autism may avoid eye contact, but that's not always true. Most people with autism have difficulty with change. They can also be socially awkward. Language and communication is often you know, challenging for people. And again, to varying degrees for people who have autism.
0: Yeah. And I have a daughter on the spectrum, very high functioning, but on the spectrum. And I always say that she sometimes misses those social cues that you and I would pick up.
1: Exactly. It's almost like we talk about a hidden curriculum, Mm -hmm. you know, of learning social skills. And so people with autism often don't have those kind of brain connections that, maybe neurotypical people have that Mm -hmm. are kind of hardwired for social interaction. Um, Oftentimes, people with autism, you need to directly teach them um, social skills
0: and it is interesting having a daughter on the spectrum we taught her number one you don't lie so you know one christmas morning she's little she opens up something and her grandmother's like do you like it she's like nope not really <laughs> and i chuckle about it now because she was telling the truth that's what we told her to do and so trying to teach her those nuances of saying thank you for a present she doesn't really like it's a, it's a very difficult thing
1: Exactly. And it's that black and white thinking yes. that we see with people with autism, which is very common.
0: Yeah, it really is. Well, what are some of the misconceptions or misunderstandings
1: about autism? Autism can really impact people, you know, again, across a spectrum. You know, but one of the things misconceptions about autism is it's not caused by bad parenting. Um, which was one of the myths started way back, and autism is not caused by vaccines or nutrition. Um, another misconception about autism is people often think of it as a childhood disorder, mm-hmm. but children with autism grow up to be adults with autism, and they also often need you know varying levels of support. Well, I will
0: say this about the vaccine thing. I have known a lot of parents that. The vaccines triggered the autism, and I know that they will say vaccines don't cause it. But do you not think that in some kids, that some kind of a vi- environmental and some kind of a genetic combination can trigger it? You know, I think there's
1: still research being done, and there have been there has been talk about environmental factors, um, also genetic factors, right. and again, I think the research is um, being done and. The research is really what we need to listen to. Um, I think that, you know, we are still learning about the causes of autism. And there is no, what we do know is there is no one single cause of autism.
0: I just know the more parents I've interviewed and talked to, and and myself included, have seen for some kids and not all kids, that it is that combination, almost they say a loaded gun, of environmental and genetics sometimes meeting up.
1: Yes, I would definitely agree with that.
0: So what is your thought when we see the number of autism cases that are on the rise? What is your thought about uh, autism diagnosis spiking like they have over the last several years?
1: I think we're getting better at identifying autism in people. And, you know, because of the research being done and popular media and people, that are well-known talking about autism more and also self-identifying as being on the spectrum, Mm -hmm. there is more awareness. And with more awareness becomes more questions about people having autism. I think people are, are seeking diagnosis more than they had in the past. And I think that is one of the rises, but I will also, you know, say that environmental and genetic Mm -hmm. causes, particularly environmental, could also be one of the factors in the increase in incidence of autism.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would agree with you. You know, one of the doctors I interviewed said, yes, I may be better at diagnosing autism, but I'm not 10,000 times better. So there definitely seems to be that environmental component that I know they're, they're trying to figure
1: that out right now. It, I, I think they are. And, you know, autism right now is the fastest growing developmental disability in the United States And over the next decade, one million autistic teens will enter adulthood and age out of school-based services.
0: So then what? I think that's a big question for a lot of parents that have a child on the spectrum. What happens then when your child is no longer getting those services
1: at school? You know, that is a big, big issue right now in the community where I think for many years, uh, the focus was put on early intervention after diagnosis with autism and all those littles are now grown up and Mm -hmm. they are, you know, graduating from high school, entering the workforce or post-secondary. And I think what what needs to be recognized is as they grow up, there are different and varying support needs. And kind of planning ahead for that and what path your, um, you know, becoming adult child will need to take and navigate and really researching, you know, what supports there are out there. And frankly, there are not enough. I was just getting ready Um, to say
0: that's one thing I've heard over and over again is that for the young adults, there just aren't enough services and
1: support out there. There is not But, you know, here at the Autism Society, we are able to connect people to services, and that's really what we're all about, Mm -hmm. is empowering everyone in the autism community with the resources they need. And so I would encourage people to reach out to us, um, and we'll do our best to try and connect them to resources based on their individual need, because, again... Every family is different. Every person with autism is different.
0: Absolutely. And you've got a autism 101, uh, class. Is it a class that you offer there at the Autism Society of Colorado?
1: Well, it's really a presentation that we're able to go out into the community and give. Um personally, I've been delivering it over Zoom more recently. Um I think it's it's very portable in that matter where we can just do a lunch and learn and people mm-hmm. can tune in. Um it's an hour-long presentation, you know, it's delivering information, and then really the best part about that is the Q&A and we leave plenty of time for that because You know, the more we can demystify autism and get people's questions answered and get good information out there, I think that right there is promoting acceptance of autism, which is what we are all about. Absolutely. So tell me this,
0: talking about acceptance and getting more information out there, how do you feel like Colorado as a state does getting information about autistic children out to the teachers?
1: You know, I think it is always, it it could, that is something that that could always be better, Information about autism um, in the educational setting is really a process, and I think it takes teamwork with the teachers and the schools and the parents as well, and getting that information, you know, it's, it's a two-way street back and forth, mm-hmm. and I think the more we can work together together, Um, as teachers or as parents, I think the better off our children will be.
0: Yeah, I would agree with you on that one. So for parents that are just starting out and they're wondering maybe in the very beginning, hey, does my child have autism? How do they get their child tested?
1: What are those next steps? The next steps would be to speak with your pediatrician. Um, there are some screeners that pediatricians can do. And then talk with your pediatrician and ask about a referral to a psychologist who can, who's experienced with evaluating and diagnosing autism in children. And there are several throughout the metro area and across the state. Again, the Autism Society of Colorado can be a resource for connecting parents to those psychologists and diagnosticians and I also want to add that there are adults out there who question if they may be on the spectrum, be on the autism spectrum. Mm -hmm. And we can refer adults as well to psychologists for diagnosis to get those questions answered.
0: Well, and I think that is a huge piece of information to get out there. I know I was reading a story about Amy Schumer's husband, and he didn't get diagnosed with autism until later in life. And he said it was such a relief to know
1: what was going on with him. That is what we hear too. You know, we run four different adult support groups here at the Autism Society of Colorado. And a diagnosis is not required. We have a number of people that attend that, you know, are Mm self-diagnosed or believe that they are somewhere on the spectrum. And to find community and also answers around autism is just so important for adults who Mm -hmm. are seeking that.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. So let's talk a little bit about the support and how we can support an autistic person. What would you recommend? You know,
1: supporting autistic people really is something that I think everyone should take a little bit of time to learn about. You know, people with autism, they really do best with routine and structure. And many of these things are for people who fall anywhere on the spectrum, people who are very impacted Mm -hmm. by autism or, you know, may not be as impacted. I think giving them notice about change, um, giving them time for think time or processing time when you're waiting for a response from them. Um, another thing, which you mentioned, is you really need to say what you mean. Mm-hmm. Um, avoiding sarcasm is is a good tip. Um, again, they are black and white thinkers. And I think in supporting people with autism on on the neurotypical side or for people who don't have autism is really be flexible when possible. Yes. And, you know, let them take breaks. Let them self-identify needs. Let them tell you what they need. And also, I mean, it goes without saying for any human, be kind, Yes. Um, show grace, and that can go both ways as well.
0: Yeah, it definitely can. Well, for folks that want more information on the Autism Society of Colorado, maybe they want to support, uh, what do they need
1: to do? Our website is the best way to find out more about our organization as well as donate. And that website is www.autismcolorado.org. Our ways to support are we have a walk with autism September 17th coming up later this year. Um, People can come out and support that way. Um, Facebook fundraisers Mm -hmm. are a great way to support the Autism Society of Colorado. Volunteering, we are looking for volunteers for our walk and some other events coming up. And also really just promoting autism acceptance and awareness across the state, Um, you know, learn more about autism talk with people with autism. Um, check out the Autism Society of Colorado website. That Those would be my top suggestions.
0: All right. Well, Leanne Pascovich, thank you so much for your time today. Sure. Appreciate it. Appreciate all the work you're doing with the Autism Society of Colorado. Thank you so much. My pleasure. I'm Melissa Moore. It is Mile High Magazine. Thank you so much for spending your Sunday morning with us. And if you're wanting more information about the Autism Society of Colorado, their website is easy to find at autismcolorado.org. And they've got lots of information on there as well as upcoming events the different programs they have how to get involved and then the resources too if you're looking for resources once again that's autismcolorado.org have a great Sunday go out be blessed and I think especially after hearing this message today always remember be kind to everyone